0: hey it's james from the popular show we really appreciate you listening to our free episodes if you want to help us out a little bit more get over to patreon.com forward slash the popular pod enjoy the show
1: one of my first trips in la was to go to uh if right next to the, the the Chinese what do you call it the Chinese theater is that yeah. even okay to say now or what but yeah, like now that you're <laughs> saying
2: it I guess not but I yeah I feel like you could not say it particularly <laughs> <Yeah>. all right
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you can't see it by a satellite baby that's cheating the president's calling an emergency meeting the king of Siam a single pillar Welcome to The Popular Show. I'm James A. Smith, and I'm joined by the original Wolfman himself, David Slavik. David, how are you doing, man?
1: It's a wonderful day here in Newfoundland. I'm waiting for the whales to come and uh, the icebergs to float by. But uh, I'm here with two screaming babies and and, uh, a wife on a
0: deadline. So uh, I'm doing great. David, you've got to uh, introduce me to your friends.
1: So we have the low culture boil podcast re- representatives here uh who's <laughs> the CEO? the my question is who is the ceo of the low culture boil
2: I would say, Amber, even though Rax and I started the podcast, Amber quickly came in mm-hmm. and stole CEO positions. Yeah. Um, I right did now, not steal. I was not <laughs> we, stealing. We freely were, we were, we, we really gave them, as you know, Rax and I are, are real-life um, socialists, and it's impossible for us to be um, bosses. Um, and now we get bossed yeah. around by maybe the nicest person in America. Well, I lost me around
3: either. a lot, Courtney. You just didn't listen to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's interesting. It's like, it's like who's it Subdom relationship if no one's subbing, right?
3: Yeah, I'm
4: a
2: very very <laughs> beta alpha. Like I
4: will yes. tell
2: you what to do in a very sweet way, just what we need. That's great.
1: When well, we you, we
2: Rax does tell me what to do a lot, but
1: I've never. We all you know, know we don't need do an HR department, right? <laughs> but uh you know, I what I one of the things I you know I just want to introduce people to your podcast. I think what it is is I think having three really brilliant people talk about. Terrible things is a beautiful thing. I think, you know, this idea of what culture is, what's high culture, what's low culture, you know, really, you know, getting deep in that. I was listening to your last episode where you were talking about the Tiger King. And I found myself, the interesting thing is, is that unlike most podcasts that would rehash something that was a year or two ago, and I, I think I watched this a year, this is actually right before the pandemic. I think I watched it in February of last year. And it was very cool because your insights really provided a time machine for me to see, like, where I was at that moment. Because I think Amber and Courtney, you had watched it, and then Rax, you watched it later? Is that...
3: I think I Pony had and I was the ones who had not. Yeah, and then yes,
4: amber exactly. I was the only one at the moment
2: who
1: watched
3: it. Yeah. Yeah. So CEO uh, fashion. Amber
2: had already watched it. She
1: girl busted it for sure. Yeah. And I, what I what I thought was great was that it brought me back, and it and it brought fresh insight. And I think that that's the thing that you're doing with your podcast. It's loose. It's fun. You guys have great chemistry, and we wanted to bring a little bit of that on today. So what well, we're going to talk really about... good to know
2: because now we can introduce our own podcast that way. And <laughs> I'm going to sample this. Uh, We actually are culture. uh, we explain it to you in New ways.
1: So do you wanna you guys want to talk about a little bit like the gestation of your project and like how it came about?
3: Yeah, Uh, I can do that. Yeah, Uh, I think uh, that would be best. Well, I don't know about that, but it was it was initially an idea that I had to try and do a a leftist kind of angled podcast, uh, but about food entertainment specifically, like Food Network, uh, other TV shows are centered around chef personalities because I'm interested in them and have a lot of background, like researching and writing about them anyway. I'm a food writer. And uh, I was talking about this with Courtney's boyfriend, Danny, who's like the Ike Turner of this podcast. And he was like, you know what you should do (laughs) is hit up my girlfriend, Courtney, who I'd never spoken to before. So I did because you know you listen to Ike Turner and uh, she and I did like a sample episode about uh, uh, Triple D diners, drive-ins, and dives, and it went well. So we kept it coming, and we brought on a producer, Jake, and then a few weeks ago we brought on our third Mike, Amber, the CEO of Low Culture (laughs) Boil Operations, and with the scope has since broadened to include like trash culture of all kinds. Cause that's how we kind of saw food network type stuff in general was people malign this stuff a bit. It's for moms. It's for a certain type of mom. And it's also fun as hell to take in and deserves a little bit more of a balanced and I think rigorous perspective. And we just, you know, If we can do that with food culture why not all kinds of garbage stuff like for example tiger king
2: (laughs) (laughs) and we've been lucky enough to like read some samples from rax's forthcoming book which is uh perfectly titled tacky uh for the low culture uh boil universe um and so that also helped us expand like and still stay within the our like comfortable realm of like i am really familiar with trash culture um which really we mean anything that's popular culture i suppose Um.
1: well i mean i think that's interesting right like in this point where we're just getting like fire hosed content all day right you know like i'm watching sabrina the teenage witch the new one right it's good it's so good it's so good right and you know i i I'm talking on Twitter about it and no one I know is even watching it, right? And you think like, okay, that's a pretty popular show, but no one's watching it. Like even with, when you all were talking about the Tiger King, I mean, half the people I knew were watching, half the people didn't know. And it, it really shows you that, you know, years ago, we would all be watching something in Sweeps Week, right? We were watching Rachel and Friends or something. But now yeah. we're, just hit, we're just hit with this. Yeah. And I think we're, that's where curation comes in. And I think we're all going to ingest trash and like review bra, we need to know which junk food we were going to ingest.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, that was part of why, like, I, I had written my book tacky before the podcast was even gestating. And that's always been my viewpoint is like this, this posture has emerged at, really in the last 20 years. It's clarified itself as like, if, if, the masses are consuming some piece of culture. I need to position myself as too cool for it. And I, I mean, you can argue that that mm-hmm. is a perspective that's been around for a long, long time, but I, I really feel that the internet made it much more possible to splinter off and find your people. And, yeah. you know, if you love DIY, it's no longer such a schlep to find other people who are into DIY, which is great, but it's some people take it too far. And, you know, just like what you like and you don't need to make what you like your entire personality you don't need to make being a dick to people who enjoy reality <laughs> tv any aspect of your personality yeah. you can just keep on moving you know and yeah. i just feel like all these properties as a result because they are too popular they never really get a fair shake critically yeah
1: mm-hmm. well if they fog just fog are, like all good day. or bad that's all no no it's true it's like everybody thinks that their taste really matters but if you eat foie gras all day your sweat smells the same right
2: right (laughs) maybe worse honestly maybe worse yeah (laughs) i think also just like um speaking of the monocultures like we're really interested in the monoculture as we like kind of are from that last generation that got to experience that, Gen um, Z, I always forget what they're called, Zoomers, you know, didn't have no sense of what a monoculture is. And so we also like to ask ourselves, like, why was this the monoculture? Like, what did this represent about this time? And then um, on the other hand, what about pop culture today? What about things that do become popular like Tiger King? What does that tell us about, Um, you know, just the larger world that we're living in? Uh, So a a big question is, why is this delicious trash? Why is this a perfect hot Cheeto? Um, Why do so
3: many people like this if it's supposedly so bad? Right? Mm -hmm. Because there's always a reason. Yeah.
4: Why do so many people hate? Why do so many people love hating this?
2: Right.
1: Well, yeah. I think that's that's interesting. Now, James, I we we had discussed prior to the show that there was a, a cultural event that just occurred that if you asked half the people, they would not know it occurred. And this is something that used to matter. And that's the Oscars uh, for our popular question. And I'm going to let you do your intro music and then I'll ask my popular question.
0: What is the popular question? Where'd you get such popular questions? What is the popular question of the week? Tell me, David, what is the popular question of the week? The popular
1: question of the week is why, if art is so good and the world is so woke that people hate the Oscars. Why do people hate the Oscars? If you look at the the statistics for who watched the Oscars this year, the last two years, it has dropped dramatically. Some people say it's because we're not watching the same thing. We do not have the same monoculture. Some people say it's because of streaming services. Some people say because the movies suck. Why are the Oscars not being watched?
3: I have a half-baked thought on this that I'm just going like to go on ahead and <laughs> muscle through. Uh, I feel like people feel about the Oscars the same way they feel about SNL, which is kind of nobody likes it. But also enough people really, really like it and pay super close attention to it that it continues being wildly popular just like off its own back year after year. I do not know anybody who watches either the Oscars or the Grammys or SNL, the Met Gala, like any of this shit religiously but I always find myself ingesting information about this stuff pretty much against my will. And like, it's just, it's supposed to appeal to just the right number of mouthy people that it doesn't ever really have to be good or interesting. It just has to be appealing to those people year after year.
4: I I honestly, um, I was I, interested in watching the Oscars this year because of it's a different, because of the pandemic, because of where it's set, because it was like made smaller. I was like, okay, this could be interesting. I'd like to see how this pans out. And it was hard to find. Um, I don't have cable TV. I don't have like any terrestrial oh, yeah, I TV. I had to find it on YouTube and it was, it was kind of difficult. Um, so, that might be part of it. And you alluded to that, David, earlier. It might be streaming services that make it a little bit unpopular. Um, and I think we like watching the movies and television made by people, but um, we don't typically like to hear just actors speaking about their own opinions.
3: Yeah. Or the craft. Anytime yeah. an actor starts talking about the craft, I check out for at least an hour because that's how long they're going to be talking
1: it's so funny whenever i hear a musician talk about a song i want to kill myself i i just i'm like that is the word i mean i love musicians i love you know i like to i have a lot of friends who are like good musicians i but the second they start talking about what a song means to them i'm like just kill just kill my face
4: so james what was that um what is the popular question how would you describe that song and like what what brought it about for you (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> um we're, we're gonna do a special episode where i'm gonna talk in great detail about the jingles oh nice. really
4: oh hell yeah we actually did an episode recently about jingles about commercial jingles uh it was yeah. really fun honestly <laughs> i would listen to that special episode
3: <laughs> mostly we listened to jingles for like 45 minutes and then talked about why they rule for 15 minutes so like
1: is that like like injecting tupperware into your brain you know like it's just like (laughs)
2: It was truly disgusting How familiar we were With every jingle ever written in history Now
0: the electric prunes For Fox bringing you the exciting New sound of the Fox Wah wah pedal Let the electric prunes Demonstrate the difference Play it prunes first without the wah wah pedal Now listen to the difference When you push that Fox wah wah pedal down can even make your guitar sound like a sitar.
2: Well, it's uh, like if we wanted to do the low culture shtick for the Oscars, we would be trying to figure out, like, okay, first of all, why do we love it? Why didn't we watch it? Or why did we watch it? Or why did we used to watch it? And then we try to figure out, like, okay, if things have changed, um it probably reflects not just something in our culture, but like an economic or like shift um and so typically that leads you to be like okay who's poorer and who's richer um and i'm not really sure what to do like with something like the oscars the only thing i could say is uh, above and beyond streaming um is there's no reason to watch something live uh and especially when you're just watching for the answers um it's a little different than like jeopardy where you can like play along or something and it goes pretty quickly Uh, i'm just gonna google who the sexiest people were the next day and i'm just gonna google who won what and i can pretty much figure out who won whatever and also no one remembers what happened except for the most like awkward parts like i think this oscars didn't they end with like the the dead guy didn't win and then it was yes, like, oh, yeah, yeah. You. So, I, does <laughs> anyone death else death know death? this story? So, so they played it out of order. They
4: did it at, not in, strange. They did it not in a normal order. They did like they usually do best picture last, but instead they did it like best picture, and then they did um, like best actor and best or best actress and best actor. And they did it out of order because they thought, I think the dead guy was going to win, right? And then he didn't. Yeah, I've been
3: at the Both zoo all day. What the fuck are you people talking
1: about? <laughs> <laughs> the dead I mean, guy? I was, was just there. talking about the zoo today. I am so envious. I, yeah. I can tell you. That's when I lived in Washington, D.C., I used to run to the zoo. <laughs> yeah.
2: tiger. But I have to yeah. do a plug. This so we are, This episode
1: is brought to you by Dildo Brewing Company. Dildo, Dildo Brewing Company. Yes, it is. Dildo Brewing Company. It's the town that... Uh, uh is right up the road and uh has a it's unfortunately named but the beer is delicious so thank you everyone at yeah. hello i'm george
2: jones and
1: just like you folks we
4: think the most important meal of the day is breakfast my wife nancy here she serves only the best to the grandkids george jones
0: country sausage there's nothing better once You've had the best. George John's Country Sausage. Pure report, no possum. Do you think uh, trash culture has been uh, changed by the pandemic? I guess uh, you were talking about food, and um, I was thinking about the way in which everyone's been just more online in every part of their life and have adopted the hysterias and neuroses that 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 comes. I mean, you, you were talking about food earlier. The rise of like obnoxious food clips, like the one going around at the moment of um, the woman putting loads of sweets and candy in a in a toilet and uh, oh
3: and
2: yeah, that to make yeah. a
0: milkshake.
3: Okay?
2: Oh
0: well, everything from the tank is going to go through into the yep. sherbet and mm-hmm. the ice. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I think that a big part of One big thing that the pandemic has done to people is it's made the life cycle of anything notable so much shorter. Mm -hmm. Like we're all online all day talking about the same shit as one another, and we can only handle talking about the one thing for so long before our little brains, you know, click gears over, we got to move on. And so I think that what you're talking about, these Trashy videos that are pretty obviously intended to be trashy like that bitch with the candy in the toilet was in no way trying to make a real food She just wants the attention right the the clicks Mm -hmm. That are represented by people despising the thing that she's made and there seems to be a lot more of that Going around just people being awful for attention's sake because it's so hard anymore to grasp and hold on to anyone's attention and that to me is not true trash. If, if you're mm. trying to make something that sucks just for the attention, you cannot ha- be said to have made trash. What you've made is just this devious little shitty something, you know, it's, it's not the same.
0: Yeah. yeah like it's, it's, a not set. it's right. uh, Just obnoxious.
3: It's just obnoxious. And it's, you know, we can all see what you're doing. I, every time I comment on one of those videos and i can't always stop myself i fucking hate myself like because i know that i'm just feeding into the, the attention machine and i'm part of the problem the second that i have to add my two cents sometimes mm-hmm. i just i have to add my two cents and that it's not fun like it's fun to watch something trashy it just it makes me hate myself
4: yeah it's too It's too low. I mean, I don't, yeah, it's, I think you're right, Rex, it's the purposefulness of it. But there's, um, there is something that the pandemic is like bringing back monoculture a little bit, because we're all at home. We are all like stuck on the internet all the time. I mean, Tiger King had tons of views for that exact reason. But, um, but yeah, we, our attention is, is so short that it makes things like a little, grosser and i think we're we're just aware of it we're seeing what we're doing and we're like ah this feels gross so we see it like as we're engaging with it and we can't that's part of why we can't hold yeah. on to it
1: we're all watching that like death movie you know like the movie when you you know the alleged movie when you die and you're it's all flashing back to you and but you're doing it every day and you're like oh i watched that girl with the round glasses talk about biden again yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> She called me kiddo and I hated it. And I watched yeah, it. And
3: I hated it the first time. And I just, I feel a million years old every second of my life right now.
1: You know, and it's funny. It's funny. I never want to be one of those people have kids people. Cause I'm, I'm not, you can do it. Do we it's whatever is good for anybody, but I'll tell you, when you have a screaming baby next to you, you, you'll you have to put the phone down which is nice that that's no reason to have a baby but it certainly is a nice uh, nice. i
2: don't know
4: baby. no uh, that's
1: a reason some, that, yeah. it might be actually yeah. it might be you know but uh getting out of your own head a little bit is 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 a is a beautiful thing um how what i want to ask you is how how do you get out of your heads when you know you're all very online you know uh, i hey, think everyone okay. everyone right here is very online and you know um you've met people online you've you've connected with people it's actually been very meaningful for you i met my wife on twitter,
2: ah, I met Jenny on twitter.
1: yeah exa- exactly so you know cute. and it's uh really worked out for for us uh so far you know we'll see uh but <laughs> i believe <laughs> but uh you know how do you like separate the the wheat from the chaff when it comes to that? Because you know you want to have meaningful like, especially as creators, you want to have meaningful relationships. You would have meaningful things happen to you, and you can't write if you don't live. And I I think people who are like a little turbulent online don't write as well.
3: Mm-hmm. They it's write true, about but- each other. They write about yeah. their yeah. Twitter grudges, and that's how you end up with. A- I'm going to invite such a shit storm onto myself by saying this, but that's how you end up with a Glenn Greenwald is you assume that the shit that happens to you on Twitter is real. I don't care if he's a friend of the show. (laughs) I'm
1: just joking. I'm just (laughs) joking. Listen, I love Glenn. I love Glenn. I was just reading his
2: most recent article a second
1: ago. No, no, I'm just, I'm teasing you. No, go on, please. Because I I think it's, it is hard. I mean, uh, my, my friend who's now past Michael Brooks, he used to always say, don't be too online. Like he, he would, he would message me in the middle of the night he's like "You said i saw your tweets too online <laughs> <laughs> we all need one of those
3: though yeah. we all need someone be to be a like, like stop that. fucking tweeting. Also, do not that's tweet. what i do
1: <laughs> yeah so I how am- do we not make it about us And like rex you have like a pretty like people go hard on you i would say <laughs> i don't know what it is yes. but I, I've, I've never seen somebody go get like Slammed like you for yeah. like uh, no for apparent no reason,
3: reason, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, good, I'm the, the funniest she's so person. Good at everything she does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now Courtney, Courtney's got to come in, but <laughs> I never um, pick fights with anybody. I like try really hard not to say shit when people are talking shit about me. Although again, once in a while, I truly cannot help myself. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, also. There was this sweet spot for like a year or two when I was very online and starting to get a lot of followers, but everyone was still pretty nice to me. And I feel like for for people who are online and growing, that sweet spot never does last long. And it can't because if people keep being nothing but nice to you and you're just accumulating more and more followers, you turn into a little bit of a psychopath probably. Chrissy Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, you you become, she follows me actually. I don't really know why. (laughs) But, uh, I, you know, it does help to keep me honest and keep me a little yeah. less online than I might be otherwise. Yeah. But also, there is simply no reason to track down my home address or send me weird threatening texts from Google voice numbers at all hours of the day or to post nudes of mine from the year 2013 on Reddit. None do of not that do shit is Any necessary. of
0: that, popular show listeners, do not do yeah, that. Do not do yeah, you do not approve of that.
1: I was in so much better shape in 2013, though. So, <laughs> <if> <laughs> somebody I was, Somebody wants to dig those
0: up. I, I really <laughs> They're on the Patreon. Anyway. better pictures
3: because the ones they found were pretty bad, and now they just keep reposting them and being like, "She looks super old and gross now, but look how she used to look." I'm like, "What Ugh. is happening?" I, <laughs> yeah, like when you're in early twenties. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean early 20s, can you, you can't beat it? I mean honestly. No, you can't beat it. I mean, <laughs> I think but that's... you know what? Oh, go ahead, Courtney. Oh yeah. no, I was
2: just trying to answer your question about like separating, you know, trying to figure out how to like balance on and offline, especially when talking about something like culture. I would say uh we don't typically ever bring up the internet. I would like or like post really that we saw. Okay. Which I'm just now realizing. Um, I've for one like the the you know, just to make it about me. since that's what we're talking about, Um, like during the pandemic, I got like more popular online, but like less on like my life is is far less online. Um, And I've been able to connect with people who I've met on the Internet in real life in a way that I had never been able to do before. I've been able to, like, you know, really build relationships that I just wouldn't have had time to build and one thing that I learned and one reason that that Danny recommended me to Rax is uh actually more people are watching The Real Housewives than you think uh too many people <laughs> are watching The Real Housewives and they're some of the most intelligent um thoughtful people that you've spoken to or i have gotten to know a lot of academics that I know are like oh are you watching New Jersey and I'm like I am indeed um and there's really no explanation for why someone who has, you know, a tenure at Harvard is also watching The Real Housewives with me. But I have to say, there's like this like sub uh, subaltern monoculture that I've, you know, discovered over the pandemic that I wouldn't have otherwise. Also, I ran out of TV shows, um, so I've literally watched every single one. Um, I, mean, and I think that's been a big thing.
0: Even in the in the 1950s, Roland Barthes, who you know was uh, Writing books on Balzac and um, and high French literature could write mythologies and basically point out that trash culture, popular culture, kind of works in exactly the same way in that it kind of communicates with its audience through sets of codes, and and it's for the critic or reader to sort of point out what what those are. Um, mm-hmm. I find it really interesting that you you point out that. Um, you very rarely cover internet culture on the show. And that makes it almost seem like there's almost a kind of nostalgia for a a kind of genuine trash culture there. As much as there's that curation thing that David was pointing out, there's also a kind of way in which like your show is trying to kind of point out what, what, what it's like to kind of innocently embrace or enjoy something that like you know is a kind of guilty pleasure or a sort of, off radar thing i wonder if there's almost like a way in which we can see your podcast as being part of a kind of canon of cultural objects that have emerged in the pandemic where we're like i don't know sort of really wanting to be free and offline and out of the kind of lockdown state that we're in i think that's a lot of the sort of nostalgia that we had while watching tiger king like it just seemed like it'd be nice to be outdoors Mm
3: And not just outdoors, but having these crazy social plots against each other, like, that requires a lot of interfacing with other people, which we were suddenly (laughs) not doing ever, except in our own homes.
4: Yeah, that can't can't be just a Twitter beef either. That's like a very, like, uh, personal vendetta to have against another person. make you a, a worse writer, as you talked about, David, I, I say that a lot, it makes you a worse writer because people on there are kind of, um, I don't want to say dumb, but they, dumb. No. you want to assume your audience <laughs> is smart, right, when you're, that makes you a good writer, is to assume your audience is smart, but if you just keep on getting dumb responses to things you put out there, it makes you a worse writer. Um, I think it's just because people engage in bad faith on Twitter,
3: I mean notes on camp is one of our foundational texts for a reason like we we like to feel that we've found this private intellectualized experience of these things that critics pretty much all say are bad yeah but it's also you know they've brought us joy there's something to that it was never that complicated they've brought us joy
1: what Just happened to my- camp that's that's what, what's interesting to me. I, I think there's a little bit of a death of camp, but I, yeah. I I don't know what happened culturally to change that. Yeah, um, Twitter is not camp. So, no, it's well, not it's camp, it, and it's it's camp. it's really interesting. It kills uh, camp
3: faster than anything you've ever seen, great. actually. You see something campy on Twitter, you're going to see, like, 60 people riffing on it. Well, it's mm-hmm. um, almost impossible
2: to do something like that on Twitter, because you would yeah. have to be earnest having never seen Twitter before, because it, yeah. it can't just be that you're performing a campness. That takes away the campness. It has to be um, immediate and, and meant to be serious and meant to be yeah. um, loved, and then accidentally too serious like um caligula or something which was like actually supposed <laughs> to be like the horniest movie ever and like a huge yeah. like amazing film that was gonna like change cinema yeah. um and it what you end like up $7, with $7, is like
1: 500 a- i mean the interesting thing is that like sex in the city is not sexy right maybe it is am i wrong no it's
3: it's definitely I, not. It's not nobody sexy, on right? that show has charmed charmed is a
1: little show. sexy and, and I think that there's something about that. It's almost as like being trashier in a, or like, even like, it's more visceral.
3: The sex in the city women are way too self-aware to be truly sexy. They are mm. thinking 100% of the time about, you know, stage managing themselves. Mm. Am I sitting in the 100%. light? Properly? Are my legs crossed properly? Am I wearing my exact perfect outfit? <laughs> so it's much truer to life to how people actually are. But there's mm. nothing sexy about watching that play out in real time. That's also yeah. something that happened
2: during the pandemic was um, this gin- earnest thing that became ironic, which is women saying, like, I'm a 10 out of 10 or like, I'm actually super hot or like, this is the hot girl
3: podcast. That's why and they that's- initially didn't like me. The people on Twitter is because I said I was hot like one too many times. And they were just that's- like, actually, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and and what's Sorry, funny, you tell the like truth.
2: A- <laughs> it's a play where you're like you're saying and showing, right? Like you're saying I'm really hot and showing yourself to be really hot, but also obviously not trying to say like as opposed to some contrast class of ugly ladies, or like, or mm-hmm. like I really believe this and I live my yeah. life, like I'm the hottest. The ugly girl the is universe. the girl
1: reading this tweet. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm, like, oh, wait, <laughs> wait. I'm gonna tweet that. Everyone pretend that David's about to. <laughs> Um Uh, and and that was something that like was turned into an ironic thing that like originally probably was like I'm actually like a girl boss and I'm very beautiful uh, became like I'm hot and you know irony poison Twitter people can say that and I mean that in a good way Raxo um, because like it's put on a world of its own (laughs) everyone knows what you mean when you say that you don't like you mean two things at once I'm very hot and
3: Am I? No, I just <laughs> like, mean that I'm I hot. That? <laughs> I just mean it with the period at the end or maybe an exclamation point. It's just Oh, an exclamation
2: point definitely works. Hell
3: there. yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. I, I know what you mean. There is this, you know, people begin saying something earnestly and enough people respond to it in kind that this whole additional class of people sees that and have to shit on it immediately because there is nothing more unattractive, especially in a Twitter environment, than sincerity and earnestness. And I guess that's part of what we're pushing back against. I
4: hate that. I hate yeah, that I so it. much. I push back against it a lot. Like I really like the the um the evolution of the term cringe, like the way that people talk about things being cringe or like they don't like yeah. sincerity, they don't like earnestness and I Feel that makes me really sad that's i'm, I'm sad for people yeah. that they can't like our best episodes are when
2: we really love the thing yeah because uh, we've tried it where we're like we don't really love this thing uh and we just end up sounding like twitter people where for the most part we watch something and we're like how delicious was this I understand, <laughs> like what was your favorite part mm-hmm. um and and what well one example that I, I hope that we get to in the podcast eventually is like the most recently i watched well i guess this wasn't recent at all but i watched um the matrix okay yeah. Ooh, and i thought movie. that movies did not wink at you like they did not acknowledge <laughs> you as a viewer they did not give a fuck about well, you they were completely sincere the yeah. matrix was made believing in its own Universe, yeah. okay, it's so serious. I would um, love to talk about the Matrix. I watched it in a church group. It was great. Uh, first of all, so I need church to hear more. Really <laughs> um, <actually> weird, Amber. <laughs> I know. Well, like a movie like the Matrix could not be could not be made today because first of all, like even if it was, even if the exact same thing was made, and I know they're remaking it. Okay, okay. um But they're remaking it. It's definitely going to like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I know yeah. you're watching this, and I know that like yeah. Uh, uh, there's a viewer outside of myself, yeah. and I'm being seen yeah. in a way that it, the Matrix is just solipsistic. I mean, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, it's a perfect solipsism.
1: Film. <laughs> I thought solipsism was the problem with society, but mm-hmm. I think the lack of solipsism, like it's self-indulgence without solipsism, is like the problem. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. people are like totally in love with themselves, but they actually don't even have like a way of being in the world.
2: Well, one of they the like, most popular songs right now is uh, "I Think Therefore I Am" by uh, Billie, Eilish. Billie, Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish.
3: <laughs> yeah. I thought you were talking about Descartes. I know, really, <laughs> right? Descartes. Uh,
4: <laughs> popular musical artist Descartes. Yeah, my my favorite rapper Descartes.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> not a bad, There's so many essays you can make on. Yeah. yeah.
0: kind of sincerity though which is um, yeah totally lacking in uh, millennial and Gen Z online culture it, it is there in boomer culture and, may, and maybe that's something that's played out in this you know increasingly unwatched Oscar, spectacle Mm. where um yeah all the actors like do this kind of very sincere kind of routine about how increasingly woke and inclusive it is every year um everyone's competing with how many masks um, they can wear at one time (laughs) um and uh then meanwhile like that's what your your good aunt is watching and your bad uncle is waiting for trump to you know do his (laughs) annual performance of denouncing uh the Oscars they still have is.
1: sex though they do because he's got Viagra in the drawer. Wait so, yeah. where is Trump did he this come is- out <laughs> <laughs>
2: against the Oscars? Because I would love I miss him on Twitter. Is that weird?
0: Yeah it, <laughs> this was like on some sort of like headed paper from the the you know office of the former president kind of thing. I think it might even be his first major announcement since uh Biden was inaugurated.
2: And it was anti-Oscar. And it was that he hates the Oscars. I think
1: like old bad boyfriend should send letters on office of your former boyfriend stationery. You should share the (laughs) stationery. Yeah, office office of your former girlfriend. It's just like I really don't like what you're wearing lately. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So that's where the
0: sincerity is. It's in those kind of competing wings of boomer sincerity, and I I wonder if there is a kind of COVID um, kitsch or COVID. Or COVID camp, I guess, but it, it's in that kind of like I don't know. It, it's in like the pe- people with the masks with the slogans on them. I mean, America's mask culture is is it's really embarrassing. Is totally that works. Great, <laughs> incredible. How Did you
4: see system. how many people got mad today that the CDC said you could oh. not wear masks outside? They were I like, know, and if then you I didn't, didn't do it, and people people
1: got so mad. I. I mean, no, it's, Amber, it's, me can you, Amber, can you talk <laughs> exactly a little that. bit about that? Life. Because I think that masks are our camp at this point. Because oh, it's yeah. like whether you're wearing them or not wearing them, that's the thing. I think that uh, the people who are like, you know, they're like uh, in in the, in the canyon next to L.A., like walking through the woods. They're like, they have one on. It's dry. Like the, the air is not going to carry. Like there's no vector for... You're also alone, the-
2: you're in LA, yeah. there's no one walking yeah. next
1: to you. Absolutely. And you're not no. gonna get yeah, exactly, right? And you're not gonna get like, I don't know, what's what's that the, from the mice? There's a, the mice, you get you can get a disease from the mice out there. I can't the remember blood? what it is. There's, there's a special disease. no no, it's a special disease, it's like it's on the uh, it's up there with COVID and potential oh. uh dangerous thing to disease. be afraid pain of. of pain? Ooh. Mice. I i'm sorry i gave you a new thing to be nervous about. <laughs> yeah i don't want I'm this. like, hey do you guys get rid of your anxiety i'm gonna give you a little bit i more. mean it's,
0: it's okay as long as you don't eat the mice right
1: yeah so, but you never know right <laughs> i
2: mean you never know
1: depends
4: on how close you let them get to you depends on how friendly you are with mice if you have like a cinderella sort of a relationship then more it could be dangerous girl. i mm. am a rat girl personally i used to have yeah. rat pets a bunch of them um but that's the that's for another conversation
1: we'll have you back for that okay um
4: masks well so i think there is like a little bit of a show to it when you're wearing a mask um outside in the canyon like you're talking about (laughs) but then there's also like I was wearing masks outdoors when I passed people. Um, even though, even after I was like three weeks after I was vaccinated, I was like, I'm still going to wear one because I would pass people. Yeah. And they were wearing masks. And I was, I was like, I wanted to make them feel comfortable. I was like, OK, I don't want to stress them out and like add an extra thing or make them like go across the street or something. I'll just put a mask on. I don't need to explain that I'm vaccinated or anything to anyone. Um, and that was my reason for doing it. Um, But I think they're like the conversations about it online. There's a lot of, again, bad faith readings of it. So people will see people wearing masks and they're like, oh, you're wearing a mask as a show or like you're not wearing a mask because you're selfish. Like there's, Either way, you're not reading positively into someone else's right. interaction with the world. And
2: I think this is what James was t- speaking to as well. Like um, if it's like a Trump versus watching the Oscars thing, there's also a masking, un- non-masking, and it no longer has anything to do with the disease itself. I was just interviewing um, uh, a, a- to a couple who wrote a book about um quarantine about the masking issue because i was like well you know i would compare it even very early on in the pandemic to something like carrying a new york times or new yorker tote you know like if you see someone with a tote bag you're NPR. like liberal, you know yeah. like you just know uh that that's like one kind of person and then there's the person who's gonna you know show up to trader joe's um without their mask in order like thinking themselves to be making a moral argument, right? So both people are making a moral argument that has very little to do with reality um, and are extremely sincere. And this is something that like, I don't think millennials and zoomers have taken like the same. I'm not sure. Well, that's not actually true because uh, I was threatened by another millennial when I asked if, if masks um, were comparable to New Yorker totes. He said, yeah. I don't know why you want me to die. Uh <laughs> I, good luck on the job market. And I was like, first of all, (laughs) is there a a drama teacher Um, (laughs) for academia? He was like, it's either you're an academic and I uh, have a PhD in drama. I was like, okay, goodbye. Any whoosie (laughs) woosies, hate that guy. Um, But there is something like very interesting about this uh, the relationship of mass to our culture, which is very difficult for me to understand. But one, the person I was interviewing said something like, look, Uh, you know, that period of time where anyone who was a good liberal was posting a selfie of themselves, like, wearing a mask, you know? This was, like, a very good faith gesture um, to other people wanting to say, like, hey, I know that I might carry something that, or you might carry something, and, like, here I am, like, kind of trying to say, like, "I'm, I'm here with you um where if you really don't it's like abortion Where if you really don't think uh covid is you know transmittable in those kinds of ways wearing the mask does seem absurd um, uh there before the pandemic there was this makeup fad that was
4: happening in street artists who they would like had like makeup that sort of um would it was sort of mask like it was it was uh creating a mask on your face so that the cameras that are all over New York could not tell who was putting up different things. Um, And that was fun. Like, I liked the idea of that. I was like, oh, I'd like to wear like gold, like pieces on my face to sort of obscure what I look like. That sounds like a fun way of engaging. Um, I I would like to do that, but I don't really particularly wanna wear like a, like like the outer part of a diaper on my face all the time.
2: That's weird. (laughs) I kinda do. (laughs) I was gonna I actually disagree with Amber what, a little the diaper bit. diaper? Yeah, no, part. I mean, I, I just want to wear a diaper on my face. Um, I was just gonna disa-
1: disagree with Amber they a little. Work. They're very thick, you know, I wear I diaper oh, well, all the time. Oh, well you're a diaper expert. Yeah, I, I, I haven't, I, I well, encountered one of the, about 12 um, today.
0: <laughs> one of the leading uh, anti-lockdown conservatives in Britain, we actually interviewed on the show Peter Hitchens, the brother of Christopher Hitchens. He, he refers to masks as face nappies.
4: Face snappies. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what those um those disposable Ooh, ones feel
2: like that. Well, Hume, yeah. like uh infamously, like I think it was David Hume who writes about um uh PhDs coming through. <laughs> I think yeah, I don't know if you guys can tell. I'm really smart. Um Hume talks about like these two men who are like like wine experts, right? And and one says that they um taste like a metallicness to the wine, and another yeah says they taste like a leather mm-hmm. right, and, that, and, and neither can be right, and they're both trying to convince each other. And then they, you go, uh, go ahead, and lo and behold, there's a key uh, on a leather chain in the cask. And I think, um, you know, this is uh, controversial. Well, both of them are right. Both of them right, are are right. And both, you know, are kind of charged like any aesthetic disposition with convincing the other person that you're right. And that's totally fine. Um, but a funny thing about, you know, saying masking, unmasking and like the CDC coming out today and saying you don't need a mask. And yet I promise you liberals will not allow that. You know, liberals will continue to wear their masks uh, until we die, um, uh, is that there is this kind of like real uh double truth you know you don't have to wear the mask alone in your car um, but you also pr- should probably wear the mask when you're going to Trader Joe's as a courtesy to other people and this is something that is completely lost in the same way that I would was trying to compare to like the New Yorker Toad which symbolizes like kind of like a high culture affect but uh, it's also like you know lacking in and plenty of ways uh, uh, and this I don't know I think that's an important thing to point out when we're talking about culture is is like what's the what's the key on the leather strap that we're um, not seeing or not thinking about
1: this uh, leather strap discussion is brought to you by dildo brewing
0: (laughs) (laughs) Brewing. i I think amber's um point is like the really really nice example of that like the idea that you're not not only you're not protecting the other from your potential asymptomatic uh, disease carrying you're protecting them from the real pandemic which is the constant anxiety that we have that we're going to be infected so even if you're um, vaccinated (laughs) <laughs> you're still wearing the mask i guess a bit like oh i'm a nice guy so if i'm walking home at night and i see a woman i'll cross the street so that she's really sure you know i'm vaccinated yeah. but i'm a nice person i'm going to wear them wear the well, mask, this, so.
2: this brings no, us know, back to so solipsism or at least skepticism there's it's a gap in knowledge it's a gap in understanding like fully how, you know, no one was holding our hands telling us exactly what COVID was. And they also weren't telling us that we didn't know what COVID was, right? And they, and so we continue to question even uh, the CDC when they come out and go, okay, we've done it. Like, you're good. You can you can stop wearing your mask. And on both sides, people are like, absolutely not, or absolutely um, uh, proving each other wrong, because there is no, like, hmm, there is no center of of knowledge, Um, and that's, I think, how different, like, high and low culture ends up, you know, showing up to us as either high or low, is this, like, uh, knowledge base that you're coming from or not coming from, you know, you would think the liberals would listen to the CDC, but now that it's saying not to wear a mask, they're like, oh, wait, it's been infiltrated by QAnon or something.
3: (laughs) I mean, but the thing, there's a real difference, because the CDC is this body that we're supposed to be able to trust to give us hard information. We're supposed to be able to, you know, listen to what they say and take their guidance as gospel. And what it does is keeps us healthy, but they dropped the ball so fucking bad at the beginning of the pandemic. And they were like, uh, don't ever wear masks. Not saying that the reason was that there was a shortage and maybe healthcare workers would, weren't going to be able to get their hands on any They were totally cagey about that. It was just like, uh, well, if you wear a mask, you're gonna be butting with it and touching your face, and it's just (laughs) gonna make things worse. Well, they 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 us. I'm not done. I'm not done. Uh Uh and we all listened at the time, and of course that was dog shit advice, and they by the time they made a turnaround, you know, all of us are already operating on this single level of being traumatized that mommy and daddy lied to us outright. And then we just proceeded that way. I mean, because there, this entire time there's been this dearth of hard information and anything trustworthy and people are responding like, maybe I can trust you, maybe I can't. I'm just gonna go with what sounds right to me at this point because that's yeah. the guideline I've been following And, you know, I'm still alive because the person thinking this is still alive. It's not really the same (laughs) with pop culture where, like, the stakes are totally low. It does not matter if I like to listen to fucking Nickelback. Like, that makes no difference in anybody's life except mine. Well, Nickelback
1: did say, look at this graph. But
2: there is a moral signifier. Like, a moral and aesthetic signifiers are often, like, you know... Caught up in one another, you know. If some if someone comes up to me and goes, "I don't like Picasso," I go like, well, "You're you're a psychopath," you know. Like obviously, you, really you just I don't have the right really? kind of no, I'm I don't care. <laughs> <To> understand? <laughs>
3: like
2: Makes no difference in my oh, life. Oh, likes oh, no <laughs> oh. people have to agree with me. I don't understand when they don't.
0: Despite it being a maybe it's bigger in the states, I don't see so many people in Britain like actually not wearing the mask to make a point what i see much more of is um the guys who you know okay i'll comply i still want to be allowed to go in the shop but i'm going to make a little protest i'm going to have my nose peeking out you know just so a so wussy small, small assertion of the phallus i no just assume notice. that was like uh, like an accident
2: people. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Like,
2: not well, understanding how germs work or something
0: but there's plausible deniability oh oh i forgot oh sorry i forgot but you Know if that doesn't happen, then they just get uh... Oh,
3: I don't like that. That's dishonorable. Mm-hmm. If you're yes. just, Not we're yet, a very, yes. it's a very dishonorable
0: country back. here, it's Ooh. what we're known It's very
3: lame. I don't it's, tell everybody it's... I don't like that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 this is <laughs> <video's laughs> hanging on a thread being uh, better than the US.
0: Uh, I want you back again. Have you ever had a supernatural experience? I Maybe. love it's that question. Story. These are three spooky. Oh my god! That I would love
4: to... <laughs> I, <was getting> sort <laughs> of I recently right. got. I did when I was a kid. See a ghost. Me and my sister both saw this ghost in our room. Um, we woke up. We saw this woman at a the singer sewing machine that we had in our room it was an older woman she had a bun um she she didn't seem scary or anything she just was there she was sewing she was like okay um and then we went back to sleep we both remember seeing this but of course we could have told each other it and then remembered later that we both have a shared memory memories are weird like i don't know if this really happened or it was like when i was eight years old and she was six so yeah uh
3: college my dorm building was a it was across the quad i hate the term quad so much but it was <laughs> it's across the quad from what had once been a civil war era hospital and the building i was living in was the civil war Wait. era morgue for the Wait. hospital
1: <laughs> where did you go if you don't mind
3: uh st john's in annapolis
1: i've been yes that's creepy
3: you've probably seen the building yeah. in question yeah and so yeah i had a, a i didn't see anything i heard a ghostly ruckus and it was from the room just above mine and my roommate at the time heard it as well yeah. and uh the next day we went to investigate and nobody was living in the room and we like checked with our ra she checked the the security footage nobody had gone in and out all night and somebody had been stomping around up there. And that's my ghost experience. Is,
0: I want you, I
2: need you right Hopefully our charming personalities. Uh, really? Mostly the vocal fry. Yeah, <laughs> lots of vocal fry, which I encourage men to actually adopt. I do find men's voices quite grating on podcasts lately.